All right, Little Rock, grab your coffee, get jacked up. It's time for another episode of The Block Talk. And I, Jamie Taylor, your host, am here today with none other than Brent Birch. You are the director of the Little Rock Technology Park. Is that correct? That is correct. So exciting to have you here, and thank you for being on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, I am actually sitting with you in the Little Rock Technology Park, which many of our listeners might not know yet because we haven't told them that we've moved into your... um, your wonderful technology park. So tell me about that and how excited you are to have your new tenants here. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, obviously, with the pandemic, uh, we lost a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the nature of, of what's in here and, and who a tenant is, uh, plenty have written it out, of course, but uh, we're always glad to add some new ones through the course of uh, this whole deal because it's been a little bit uh, upset the apple cart because we were, we were full, completely full for about a year. Yeah. Um, somebody would leave and instantly somebody would replace and then all of a sudden this thing hits and got some offices open and you know just like everybody else we got bills to pay and, yep. and things like that so got some yeah. fresh blood that's right yeah. yeah well we're glad to be here and one of the things that's exciting for us is actually having a technology park in Little Rock and I think um, when you first started this thing it was sort of an idea right I mean when you got into your position there's a lot of things that needed to be done as far as people coming in here creating a culture and getting this whole opportunity off the ground. And so I know we're going to get into where you're from and kind of who you are later, but first let's talk about this huge challenge that got placed in front of us. And um, what do you do at the tech park? What does your job really require you to do for the for the park itself and its tenants? And then what does it do for our city? And we'll kind of, I know that's a lot, but we'll kind of work through that. Yeah, the project itself, interestingly, it uh, got started in 2005. That's a while ago. A long time ago. Uh Long before I started, I started yeah. in 2014, uh, which I'm still the one and only employee of the of the Lorac Technology <laughs> Park. Uh, These so, things take time. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But uh, the the board uh, they they formed a board. They formed the organization. Well, they formed the concept in 2005, 2007. The state legislature passed um, an act, the Research Park Authority Act, that allowed an entity like this to be set up, which had to have a sponsor. Had to have, uh, two sponsors at least, higher education sponsor and a, a municipality. Yep. So the city of Little Rock got on board, UAMS got on board, UALR got on board, and then Children's Hospital is kind of a quasi-partner uh, in this. The, the way that entity set up, they didn't want to commit to some of the other things, but they've contributed just as much financially in those early days uh, to the project. So that though the sponsorship of those three groups helped stand this up. And the original so pretty strong groups. Yeah, too. for yeah. sure. Uh, so the original intent, this was back when more true science research technology was really happening on the UAMS campus, UALR's campus, and then, of course, Children's. Yeah, and those who don't know across the nation, we actually have unbelievable unparalleled medical services here. And really, those hospitals, those research hospitals like UAMS and Children's Hospital are... I mean, they're unparalleled, so their programs are important to pay attention to. That's right. Uh, yeah, world-class for sure. And so that was a big uh, reason to, to set something like this up. Well, fast forward, some of that is slowed down. Uh, a lot of it comes from grant money. So when grant money slows down, the research shrinks. And when the research shrinks, the commercialization of that research shrinks. Right. So, we, uh, so this project kind of shifted. But over that time... Uh, they finally just got to a point where uh, they had gone back and forth on where to put this thing uh, because it, it garnered a lot of controversy early on because they were going to put it on, try to put it bolted onto UALR's campus, and that was going to displace a lot of 
residents because anybody that knows ULR doesn't have a lot of property to work with, kind of landlocked by neighborhoods. Right. Uh, so that kind of got the project off on a on a bad foot. Right. Uh, and and some people still relate it to all that, even though it, that's that's so long ago, and and obviously chose a totally different location. You know, all is fair in love and real estate, and you're married to a realtor, so you know sometimes things go bad in the deal, and it's just hard to get the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's correct, uh, and that's that. You know, with some people, that's still yeah. This still has some of that um, kind of feel to it, but uh, yeah, they so that so through all that controversy, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because it allowed the board to step back and really look at all of Little Rock and what needed to be done. So all kinds of commercial real estate entities pitched where to put this thing. I bet. Um, you know, now where they're building, where the Sears used to be, uh, doctors building, you know, all that yep. area. That was a spot at one time. On the other side of 630, just south of there was a spot at one time. But ultimately, they started looking at downtown seriously because they had been to some other markets. They went to St. Louis, I know, they went to Winston-Salem uh, and looked at some other science and research park that were being built downtown. And so downtown became the target. Uh, and it ended up being, like so I said, a blessing awesome. in disguise because yeah. this is this is truly where it needs to be. Right. Well, and it's I mean you have the UA Little Rock downtown office as well, right there. I know that the that being that right here as well, you're close to the university's satellite office as well. So you have things that are still close by, but you are downtown, and that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of people down here. Right. Yeah, and even though the tech park itself hasn't gotten uh, hasn't been able to land a tenant off of one of those campuses. I think that'll happen someday. Yeah. Both of those have had some hiccups. Uh, they were just waiting time. for us to have this combo. <laughs> right. Now they know that they can come. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> but then anyway, so once you get downtown, do you just start, I mean, at this point, there's still kind of an idea shaping, right? I mean, doesn't the plan kind of change along the way with the research shrinking and now you're looking for a location or how did that all pan out? It did. Uh, for us, that that with that research spinning spinning out of research – to commercialize by commercialize mean make a business out of it. Yep. So somebody invents a new drug, a new a new technology, a new uh, in which most of it was medical related. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, eventually get to a point where they can commercialize it. Listen, if there was some way that you could just have good ideas and not have to monetize them, I would love to sign up for that because right. I got a bunch of those. <laughs> it's the turning it into a business that's a problem. That's so, correct. So now you've got to pivot your first pivot. So this is the pre-COVID pivot yeah. of how do I turn this into a business now? So they did obviously come up with that model. Take me from there. Yeah, those uh, the hard part about when something does spin off one of those canvases to commercialize, it takes forever. <laughs> Uh, patents, FDA approval, all of those things take a really long time. So the, so the, even the, even though you identify one that may come off of those campuses, by the time they actually can afford to come pay rent and, and set themselves up and be a business, it takes a long time. So when I came on board, uh, in 2014, we had identified these properties downtown. We had not purchased them yet, but we had targeted and announced my first board meeting, the first board meeting I went to, they announced me and they announced we're buying these properties downtown. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of a couple of big things because, like I said, they've been operating just as a board with no employee uh, with, a, with the Little Rock Chamber doing a lot of the kind of the management of things. And then uh, and then, uh, then saying this is the properties we're going to buy, most of which were owned by Warren Stevens. Okay. Uh, and then Richard Mays actually owned the building that we're in. Everything else Warren Stevens owned. Yeah. Um, so he, he, uh, agreed to sell all those properties to us, um, thankfully at a, 
at an appra- uh, several year old appraisal, uh, which saved us a lot of money because downtown, between the period of when he did that appraisal and when we actually bought the properties, downtown had grown and picked back up again. Well, you would hope his love for Little Rock would resonate in in that form, so I'm glad it did. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't know that he gets a lot of credit for that because it, it wasn't like a big cash outlay like he did for the art center. Right. But behind the scenes, that was a that was a pretty big deal because yeah. he, he could have charged us more for the property than he did. Well, and it kind of goes back to that whole idea of like monetizing a good idea. Like there's a lot of good ideas that people have about doing things around here, but it's actually putting your money where your mouth is and saying like, look, I'm willing to take a hit to make this work or I'm willing to take a little bit of a loss to see this turn into a win. And you kind of got to recognize those things because when they don't get publicized, then it's like, well, I mean, how did this happen? It really happened because the sum of the whole is in a, you know, it's a result of all those little parts. Right. That's exactly right. So now at this point, you've got a building and you have a new job and you've just been announced as the director of this board. And so now you've got to like get it running, get it off. And you've got a ton of tenants now. A lot of people that come here. I know for me, the Venture Center was the first tenant that I come to visit. Um, I've been downstairs quite a bit. Now, of course, our studio's here. I'm curious on this adventure, like what do you see as far as Little Rock? What has happened at the Tech Center, What at the Tech Park? What do you see as far as the work you've put in coming back to you? What would you say the greatest accomplishment that you've had so far is? Well, uh, probably the biggest thing is seeing the companies that actually grow up to be uh, too big to be here. <laughs> grow up to be Because <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. A lot of what's in here, in, in ours is a little bit of a, a hybrid, so to speak. It's not all startups. There are... Right technology uh, empl- you know, employees in the tech field uh, that work for global companies. We've had uh, Dell employees in here, um, the satellite employees of much bigger companies. Uh, so the blend of the established companies with all the startups in here has allowed us to kind of level off so to speak, from a, a revenue standpoint versus having all this churn because startups come and go. Yeah. And you know what? You just made me actually need to take a step back because our listener base probably might not be as familiar with the technology park as I am. So just going into that, how, when this is all set up, kind of explain what the tech park's for. I mean, why is it here and why did we want it and what does it do? Sure. The 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 main purpose of this is to put a bunch of like-minded, talk the same talk, walk the same walk, People. Obviously, all good looking, very intelligent people <laughs> together. Sure. Producer, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but put them under one roof where they can collaborate, communicate. We've seen companies form from guys that came in here and had different skill sets that complemented each other. And now they've put together a company and are doing quite well by combining forces. And then uh, being able to identify for everybody in order to identify that this kind of talent lives here in the city, too. Uh, a lot of people associate that. Oh man, I can't find a guy that can do this. So I got to go to Dallas. I got to go to St. Louis. I got to go to Tulsa. And there's really smart, really sharp, really talented people. And we've, we've kind of put them under one roof. Um, and you kind of see that skill set grow. Um, and, and it's a big part of Lorock's need in the future is, is the tech industry. So the whole reason we started this podcast, the block talk, was to add value to your block of time. It used to be the whole like catchphrase before it just became its own show. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was die like the people in Little Rock because it baffles me, baffles me that from a nationwide standpoint, people don't understand what's going on here. We're like the leader in global financial technology. And yeah. we have so much education around medical. We have small businesses popping up around the city all over the place. And so you've actually allowed them a place to come meet 
hang out, talk, discover what their strengths, weaknesses, aptitudes are, and kind of go from there. So in a technology center like this, how hard is that to get them to pay rent? Because like you said, some of them are startups, so I yeah. bet they're not starting with much. <laughs> right. And that and that's what we offer that they couldn't find in a maybe a traditional commercial real estate setup. Right. Because uh, we have everything going from $200 a month for a desk uh, up to, I think, our biggest suite. Well, this venture center has the whole sixth floor. So they're, they're like a commercial real estate tenant. Right. Uh, but the offices are, and the building is all configured to allow these companies to shrink and grow as they need to, which is a big piece because a lot of them can't get into a three or a five year lease. They just, they don't know where they're going to be. They may be going gangbusters and, and outgrow it. They don't have financials. Or, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. A, big one. a lot of them don't have revenue right. uh, when they come in here. Now, I don't know a lot of companies that. that have revenue for the first few years. So, yeah. you know, depending on where they, they build some it. Some do, though. Some yeah. some will hit, hit one out of the park pretty quick. And then what happens then if they're like this massive success and they're just renting a desk at the tech park? And then you're like, okay, well, I guess we better open up half the floor. So that's kind of cool that they can have that flexibility. Yeah. We did. We had a tenant do that. Uh, Aptigy. Is oh, there. yeah. Justin George uh, started out just himself. And then all of a sudden he had five people. Then he had 10 people. Kind of crazy how fast he grew and then he, up. Oh, it's crazy. And then all of a sudden, uh, he he was too big uh, yeah. to be here. And now he's got you know well over 100 employees. And yeah. he's moved offices twice, once out of downtown. And now I think he's in Riverdale. So, so exciting. That's the... That's the that's the end goal of what we're trying to do is is we take care of everything office needs wise plus the programming piece. That's a big part of it. That's yeah. not just office space. Uh, the programming piece, and by program I mean uh, events, either our uh, you know social events, educational events, uh, you know mixers and and speakers and all of that and mentorship. That's a big part of what the venture center does for us. If the venture center wasn't a tenant, we'd have staff dedicated to that because the intent of this is not to just be Someplace you walk in, plug in your computer, sit down and work. There's this whole other element to it, this community element to it. It's and that's culture. what a lot, that's a, it's a, it's a culture thing. It allows these companies to learn and grow from each other. Well, if it's encouraging to you, I was actually walking out here. I think it was Thursday or Friday. I can't remember. I was recording a show uh, on a different show. Um, and I was walking out and there's a bunch of the kids from Rock City Digital out there and they had donuts, you know, from Hertz. And I'm walking out in my little studio in the tech park and I see my buddies from Rock City. I'm like, hey, can I have a donut? Sure enough, they gave me a donut. We sat out there and worked on a couple things and I had some struggles in my social media that I was really starting to get frustrated with. And I just kind of voiced those and they kind of came back with their geek answer and really solved a problem for me. But what I left feeling was that you know, I think that's what they're trying to do is we are all having a really good time. We're learning from each other. Uh, we're able to pick up things we wouldn't pick up from people who have different skill sets. But we're also able to meet the needs of our business, which as a small studio, the first of its kind in Little Rock, is going to need a lot of lights on it to make it work. And so something like the tech park has given us those keys. So at least I know you're accomplishing your goals. Good job. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, but also that's something <clears throat> that um, kind of brings me to my next point is as you build your relationship with the Venture Center, it appears to me that the Venture Center has a lot of businesses coming through it as well, through like accelerators and kind mm -hmm. of think tank things that Wayne and Mimi and the team set up. So does that kind of naturally just they come to town, they're in the tech park and they're at the Venture Center working so it kind of all comes together? Or is there like a you guys do have like a formulated targeted kind of plan that you do to bring those companies through to Little Rock and try to get them to stay. Yeah, that that's a big piece of it. Now it's it's shifted some over time because they've done such a good job with that accelerator um, that it it's drawn a a company that's already got roots somewhere. Uh, they even have a hard time getting some of them to spend the entire window in Little Rock because they're they're so busy trying to 
run their business wherever right. they're from right which has been all over the planet it it's amazing experience. yeah it's, it's incredible amazing. being in here in the building when those accelerators goes on by the way like talk about an electric yeah experience but continue yeah but the, uh, the so it's been a little harder to lure them to little rock but the the early stage ones we we landed several companies out of that that they you came know, to little rock and just fell in love with it i've had enough disease needs to just put the cheese dip on tap out here <laughs> and then they'll just come in and get the queso and they won't leave <laughs> that's yeah that's what right. we need to do just hook them when they get here um i'm convinced that if we put them on a tour of food then they won't leave because we have everything else. They yeah. just need to be exposed to that. That's right. Um, so now we're going to talk a little bit about you because you've had to do all of this, you know, kind of, in in my opinion, sort of off the cuff. I mean, Little Rock's never really had anything like this. I know from interviewing person after person in the city who's made big impacts that everyone here who's done something real big, like the Tech Parker, building a culture around it, like you have, they're just like a, all of a sudden they just boop pop up and they make something major happen and then you interview them and find out how. So yeah. tell me your backstory. <laughs> how did you get here and why did you choose this job? Yeah. Um, I've always had an interest in technology. Now this job is much more than technology, but previously I was the chief information officer at Arkansas Business Publishing Group. Wow. Uh, and while I was there, we started a, a web design development firm that, that still exists today. One of the bigger you know, players, if you will. Uh, Flex 360 is the is the name of the the group. It's still go, still going on today, even though I've, I've been gone seven years, almost seven years now. But um, that my I guess my skill set kind of somehow became the perfect fit for this job because yeah. I in this job I truly wear every single hat that there is to wear. Particular uh, about details though is hard for people who are creative and then people who are like, you know, sort of in the moment. I know that because of me. So those two those two aptitudes mixing together is really well and I'm assuming that detail orientation is a, a big key to that previous. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, I have a finance banking degree, so yeah. I have all this background and, There's and all that. There's some detail orientation there then. Yeah, <laughs> and... Uh, I was even a bank auditor at one time. Uh, I was a bank appraiser at one time. Yeah. But it's but I finally I started push towards the aptitudes. I think of the other side. So right now I struggle in that area for sure. Do right. You, do you hold on? Do you think better to some aptitudes than others because of the position that you're in? Like, are you better at some things now because of your job here? Uh, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, I've had to do much more public speaking than I've ever did, especially when we first stood all this up. I, I mean, I was getting booked by everybody in town people are probably like you guys call the crazy guy who thinks uh, he's gonna start a tech uh, park in little rock well <laughs> there was some of that and then people still puzzled and didn't understand what it actually is and 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 all that but you know so i had this whirlwind educational tour you know i mean every rotary club who I mean, is all, who and, all yeah. that uh so yeah i've definitely had to do much more public speaking uh in this role i mean but i've learned a bunch about public finance because we had to, you know, we finance part of this and we've almost got it paid off. Now you've uh, got all those businesses too. So you've built like 47 small businesses too. Because you're watching the oversight of all that going kinda, on. Yeah, yeah. Not really involved in their day to day, but mm-hmm. you, you definitely play a role yeah. uh, in and helping you're watching them, grow. them grow and struggle and change. And That's right. Because we, I mean, we've worked with some that, you know, kind of hit a rough patch and, 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 Almost all of them have stood back up on their feet. Uh, uh, am I not the only one who cries in the corner out there in the front <laughs> by the window? I think there's a section for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's some that have you know, hit some bumpy roads, and, and we've been able to work with them and, and you know, help them kind of get, don't worry about this part. We'll we'll handle the office. I mean, that's not a concern. Figure out how to you know get back on track. Some do, some don't. Well, and that's something I really want to point out because, you know, we're a small business too. Our studio, our, our podcast, everything's kind of been – 
something we dreamed up and thought we could make it work. And and there are other cities who have podcast studios and little shows and things like that, but Little Rock didn't. And we knew that we could do it. And we needed to link arms with people who were like-minded and be under the same roof with them. And we have that now in conjunction with the tech park. So we're appreciative of it, but also it gives us that open where I think people kind of just need to open their mind a little bit more with respect to small businesses in Little Rock and realize that there's actually hundreds and hundreds of people here who have yet to unleash the talent on that secret dream or that good idea because they don't know that they're just a few steps away from someplace that could really help them get on their feet. It's not just for startups, like you said, but it's also not just for, you know, being totally figured out, right? I That's mean, right. That's, yeah, we, I mean, we truly have everything A to Z as far as where they are in their life as a company. I mean, some of them are me. just an idea, fresh off of the napkin kind of deal. And then some are well down the road, have customers, have revenue, have Those employees. Those are easy ones. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have their hiccups too. Yeah. Uh, you know, how to manage growth. That's yeah. a big piece of it. We've seen, we've definitely seen plenty that probably got a little bit out over their skis too fast. And you look up one day and they're coming to tell me that they're moving out. It's oh over. Oh, goodness. So, uh, you know, they're, but they're, they, they should be within the walls of this place learning from another, from each other mm-hmm. uh, or relying and or relying on the venture center too, because that whole mentorship piece they provide. Yeah. That's a big part of it. And that being said, how did that come together? Did you and Wayne just like meet? You're both super cool. And then, or how'd that happen? Uh, no, <laughs> that's how I met you guys. I met Wayne and then I met you. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, actually Wayne, there was a, there was a previous uh, CEO, whatever you want to call it, uh, the venture center, uh, a guy by the name of Lee Watson, and mm-hmm. he had already stood the venture center up in the chamber at the time they didn't yeah. have space. Well, that's uh, my first office was also in the chamber okay. uh, because we did not the tech part didn't have space, and then we began leasing some space where the Kurtz Donuts yep. and the axe throwing places. That's where the original it was temporary, always designed to be temporary because we had to re- renovate these buildings, yeah. and so we stood that up, and it kind of was branded. As the Venture Center, because the tech part didn't have anything going on. But what it did, it allowed us to at least get the name and make associations with the tech community that, hey, this thing's really happening. But that place was really more identified as the Venture Center. People even, I mean, the Venture Center is an entity, but they've identified that as the space. It was the Venture Center. Um, But they did a lot of that early, early stage entrepreneurial pro, you know, programming stuff designed towards that audience. Um, and so that relationship was already built. They, they mimicked it off of, uh, outfit in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the idea, this, the same conceptual idea. Um, but the tech part needed that relationship because we didn't have the capacity to go hire a team to run the programming part. Right. Um, and we saw that as integral into making this successful because you can build all the space you want to if you don't have all that stuff it just doesn't have the same vibe no that collaboration and community is literally what drives the whole entire project i mean just from experience of building a business the culture is everything that's right so yeah that relationship was formed uh before and then we moved up here and the venture center used to be in the space outside of where my office is and and now they've taken wayne has taken it to a whole (laughs) nother level and and now they have the whole sixth floor and they're running multiple accelerators looking to do other ones in different industries um doing doing a really good job of of kind of fostering that that uh entrepreneurial spirit um because you have the you have the going two ways you have the ones that are coming up with great ideas now how do i do something with it and then you have the the reverse of that you have the ones that have done it 
maybe bought and sold numerous companies. Oh yeah, and they're like they like these young energetic that's right. ones. <laughs> that's right. And and but they're able to mentor them and, yeah. and and really show them the ropes of this is how you run a business versus them just kind of running in their own little silo trying to figure it out. The uh, best the best piece of uh commentary I've gotten out of this building, um, well, multiple, and especially through this conversation, I'm learning more. But Wayne said one time that there are a whole lot of pretty horses, but you got to pick a good jockey. And it's one of my favorite things to date because this is that place that's right. where you become a jockey. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's a pretty good analogy. I love it. I, yeah. I kind of stole it. I'm writing yeah. a book, Wayne. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Stolen Ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that being said, I kind of want to move on to you because okay. now we've talked a little bit about everything that you've done and it's not a small fee and you seem like a humble guy. So we're just going to go ahead and give you the, the ups you won't take for that. <laughs> you've done a great job. It's a great place to come to, but who are you anyways? How did you, I mean, like in your personal life, I know you're married to Molly, which mm-hmm. I didn't know till last night, but that cracks me up. Cause I'm thinking, why didn't I not put that together? Molly Birch, Brent Birch, but yep. she is um, just so upbeat and happy and fun and kind and outgoing. And so when she sent me that text, I was excited to know that he's got to be cool. He's married to Molly. Um, <laughs> what about your personal life? You know, married kids, all that stuff. Tell me where you're from and how, actually, I know where you're from, but tell me how being a native growing up here in Arkansas and running the tech center affects your personal life. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's been a great experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not patting myself, but I'm, I know a lot of people. Uh, here, I grew up. Actually, grew up in North Little Rock. Nice. Um, That's where I live. Yeah. So, uh, know a lot of people from from North, North Rock era, and then you know went to the school at the at the University of Arkansas in Fable. Played baseball for the nice. Razorbacks. Number one. Yeah. But yeah. Currently, I bet you're loving yeah. that right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the highest <laughs> we got was number four. Yeah. People only associate how good Razorback baseball is with with. You know the modern day. Hey, listen, we were actually really good. Yeah, back no, then. I actually up until this year only associated Arkansas basketball with 1964, so it's fine. Yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> well, that'd be football. 64 would be football. I'm sorry, when was basketball? Uh, we won it 94. 94, excuse me. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously not very great at the Razorback sports. Thing, so. <laughs> That's all right. That's uh, okay. I'm not throwing any balls with you. Is what I got out of yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, of course, you go when you go to Fayetteville, go to school. You make a lot of connections yep. uh, that way, and then you come back and just some of the some of the roles and, and things I've done, um, you cross a lot of paths yeah. and you know, small it, town. It's, it's a small town. Uh, I heard somebody saying, and he probably made, Wayne may have said this too, cause I've heard him use it, but, uh, you know, it's a two phone call state. Yeah. I may I've not, not ha- heard two phone calls. Yeah. I may not have your number in my phone, but I can probably call one person. I, I can call my wife and she would have your yeah. number. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of funny out last night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it is. You know, I don't have governor's phone number in my, in my phone, but mm-hmm. I, I, I can call one person and it'll be, and there. I can get it. Yep. Uh, and it, it's true. Accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big reason. Interestingly, that's a big reason why some of these companies stay here. Uh, they're, they're blown away at the accessibility that the governor walks in and has a coffee shop, uh, visit, you know, one or once or twice a month yeah. uh, and comes in here and, and talks to people and they're like, I'm never and, running the governor in Oregon or New York or where I'm from. Yeah, but you wouldn't. And, of course, I'm sure growing up here, you probably kind of knew that that was always possible because you're like, oh, I'm used to this. I grew up in it. And Little Rock, truthfully, is the smallest town I've ever lived in. Yeah. And I've lived in towns of like 12,000 people. Right, right. It's crazy. Yep, yeah. So you went to school. So what about your wife? Did you meet her here or in Fayetteville? No, I didn't meet, meet her till much later. I uh, like her. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Molly, yeah. you're getting shout outs. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know. We were in – our time in Fayetteville overlapped a little bit, but – um, yeah, I didn't know her 
then. So what do you do then in your free time? Because I know I know her job is demanding because my husband has plenty of hobbies, keep him busy while I'm out showing property. He's a golf guy. I think you're a duck guy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about that. Aren't you like a really good duck guy too? <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty – Your reputation pretty, precedes Pretty you. sick addiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a day that goes by I don't think about duck hunting. Yeah, um, I love that. And, it, and that, that's just the truth. In fact, I've had to kind of – give up a couple of hobbies. Um, I used, I, I had a couple of different stints of coaching baseball. I just finished coaching six years at Catholic high nice. uh, as a volunteer. Okay, so you know, yeah. Okay. I was about to say two, we're two phone calls away. So I'm about to mention Brian Jones. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I love Brian. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Brian and I met in real estate and became friends and then, yeah. See two, yep. two calls. <laughs> See, there you go. It's uh, it's that easy, but, uh, yeah. And I, I, I just, I, my plate's too full I, and I hate that because now he's the head coach and, and, but I still talk to him all the time. Yeah. Great guy. But, uh, and then I played a lot of tennis. Um, I am shocked at the tennis in this town. Yeah. I know so many people that are like really good tennis players yeah. and y'all are out there. The tennis culture, biking, soccer, all these things are really big in Arkansas. And I'm just like kind of, I'm sorry, but from the West Coast, I was blown away when I got here yeah. and realized like almost everything is a sport here. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Yeah. So, okay. So the duck thing, we got to go back to this though. Yeah, you're sure. like You're like the best there is apparently. Or well, really I don't good. know about that. But... So you started young? Oh, yeah. So I, tell I think I started hunting when I was six. So, but Arkansas is like the place to do this, right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, for sure. Do people come here specifically to duck hunt? Oh, yeah. Where's yeah, the Yeah, huge place? tourism. Really? I know it's our number two, right? Yeah. Income in the state? Yeah. As far as tourism. So, do you, as, where do you go? I mean, I'm not going to ask you to give away your secret. Right. No, I know. It, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not a huge secret. Uh, one, of, uh, I've grown up hunting at two different places. Uh, when I was much younger, we hunted at a, it's a pretty famous place. It's Crockett's Bluff, uh, which okay. is on the White River. They filmed part of uh, Mud. Okay, there. now I know. That's okay. I was gonna say, isn't there a movie that was filmed? Yeah, there? yeah. Uh, in fact, part of that was filmed. Part of the like the scene with a big shootout at the end and those boathouses. That's the boathouses to this lodge. That's so cool. Um, and then uh, probably when I was about twelve or thirteen. My dad got into a club in a little community, at G Ridge, Arkansas, which is just east of Humnoke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sorry. so but, but people that duck hunt, they'll they'll know, know where that I was, is. I was literally thinking of three or four of my buddies who duck hunt that I see out there with the pictures of their dog and their ducks. I'm like, these guys are going to be like, "Ooh, I've been there." Yeah, well, they they driven past it because it's it our our my dad's clubhouse literally sits on the highway to Stuttgart. That is so cool. And you drive right through the farm. Everybody knows where it is because you because usually it has lots of ducks and geese on it, and and it's on the main highway, and people are like, oh. You know, Oh, I know exactly where that is. I know where it is. So um, there, um, I've hunted all over, uh, but I'm actually with some partners closing on a farm this week that I'm really excited about. Congratulations! Yeah, uh, south of Humphrey. That's going to um, be so fun for you. Yeah, yeah I can't wait. Uh, just because all those other things have been uh, leases. You know, somebody else gets to decide. When Some, you can have it. And, all right. those pieces. Uh, where you own it, you, you can develop the habitat and do all those things and, and kind of see your work come to come to fruition. So really excited about that. Well, I'm excited for you too because you'll get to turn it into something magical like we've done here at the tech park. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I really kind of want to bring that back too because honestly in entrepreneurship and I'm learning as I go. I mean, when I started this podcast, I know the first thing about interviewing, I still really don't. I just kind of have conversations with cool people. Um, but through this whole process the ups and the downs of it are really hard and not having something to go and do like duck hunting being number one like that can be really difficult when you're on this journey of entrepreneurship because there is so many 
really steep ups and really steep downs. And so I guess my question for you in your situation, um, building this and then having something like that, is there a correlation between the thing you love the most and the thing you do for a living? And if so, like, what is that analogy between duck hunting and running the tech park? Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, for me, it, it, it's, um, I don't know. It, it, it's, the, the, there's a strategic element to it all. There's obviously a strategic element to a business, but there's a strategic element to duck hunting too. I mean, you're trying to fool a wild animal. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, those guys fly in a V and they don't even know how to talk. So I'm yeah. kind of impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's also creative elements to it. You know, I, uh, you got creative, creative elements to trying to run your, run your business and create a brand and create your messaging and all that. And there's a creative side. To, for me, there was for duck hunting too. Um, you know, I wrote a book on it. Uh, You're going to have to give me a copy of this book. Yeah. I'm going to go on Amazon as soon as you. Yep. Yeah, it's on there. Um, yeah, I wrote, about, uh, I wrote a book about You're the history. You're so modest. I'm like, aren't you really good at duck hunting? You're like, I wrote a book on it, but I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm going to get the book I mean, and your autograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that creative element ties to it too. Plus, when I was at Arkansas Business, when we started that web firm, that was like starting a business because it was it was totally off the wall for a publishing company to have something like that. Yeah. Uh, now now it makes total sense now, uh, you know, twenty something years later from when we started Hindsight. it, um, because it's a natural piece of media now. Yeah. Er, you know, everything online is. But uh, but I had a lot of experience in that, and that's that's what, besides you know all my aptitude kind of things, how to do accounting and finance and marketing and all these things, having the experience of trying to start a business made me more relational to who's coming into this building. Yeah. Uh, kind of understand what they're trying to do. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think I serve any kind of consultant role or expert, but I understand the journey they're going through. Right. And I think that helps a lot because you can, and it's, it's a relationship thing too, where you can kind of try to help. Like I said, some of these companies have hit a, hit a wall yeah, and, and you know, maybe it might be temporary. Sometimes you have a feel that this is probably temporary. They're, they're going to figure it out and get back on track. And then some of them you have to be able to go, man, they've dug a big hole. They're, they're probably not long for having space in here. So you right. got to be able to kind of make some judgment calls and, and walk that fine line as to whether or not take the shot. Yeah. And how long you can really allow them to hang on and, and, you know, struggle to pay rent and things like that. Not, not that doesn't happen in regular business too, but right. the flexibility of this space and, and almost everything in here is month to month. You're not, you're not going out there on a limb, you know, so far that you can't recover from. Right. Uh, for us, from the tech parks perspective. So it allows us some flexibility to work with a tenant to try to help them kind of weather the storm, so to speak. Kind of, that makes sense, though, because they're on their individual duck hunt, and you're kind of just facilitating that whole thing. And I think it's so important when people think about facilitation, or at least when I used to think about it, I would just think about, like, oh, that means that this person sets up this thing, and that that's all you do. And that's really not it. It's that relationship that you're talking about. It's knowing they can come to you and be like, look, I'm this tenant, and this month's not going to work because of X. Can I move into a smaller space? I think that's really cool that yep. you can relate your passion to your work. Sometimes I think that when your work and your passion can be the same thing, then really you've kind of hit the jackpot. Yeah, Sounds sure. like you might have. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to make a whole bunch of money duck hunting yet. Yeah, no, you will figure that out. I think the duck, the, the book's going to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a cool project and, and a lot of fun um, that uh, it is – 
broadened my connections in that world for sure. Well, if you had to get a message out because, you know, entrepreneurship's pretty much our main base. And this whole thing is we're really trying to encourage these small businesses, especially now and especially in Little Rock, that the climate is here. I mean, people are really ready to take a shot. The, the COVID thing really gave us all a little bit of a, hey, what are you doing with your life? You might only have a few, you know, what's left of your life? How much sand is left in the hourglass? If you don't know, go ahead and go after that dream. And I feel, and I'm sure you'll probably felt the same thing around the city, that that's kind of the vibe. People are finally taking that shot. They're quitting their jobs and opening their businesses. It's kind of amazing to see. So if you were to have the ear of those entrepreneurs or those people who are ready to take their second or third career or open the doors to something they're dreaming of, what advice do you have for them to get them from where they are right now into these doors so they can do it? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say be realistic. I mean, you can dream for sure, uh, but but be realistic and, and seek guidance from somebody that's done it before. Comes in print. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and not just me. I mean, but everybody here. Yeah, everybody yeah. here. Uh, the pro the programs that the Revenge Center provides, um, and, and come get introduced to a, a, a community like this and and kind of see, see what's what, uh, and go about it the right way. Because uh, there's been a lot of great ideas that have got off on the wrong foot and, and never got to the second foot. I mean, it was like over because they didn't really try to, they thought their idea was so awesome. There's no way this is going to fail. <laughs> and they didn't seek any advice and kind of plow, try to plow through it. And, and it was over, Yeah, I mean, over pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so Definitely rely on somebody that's done it before. That'd yeah, be, get that'd that be a good big piece. sound advice that's and then right. have some community. So. That's right. Well, that's nice because I know where to find sound advice and community right here in the Little Rock Tech Park. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, we're thankful to have you here and I'm thankful also um, for you guys housing us. So big thanks to that because I know we have our own separate agreements, but it's really nice to have a place that believes in us enough to be able to have Jumpstart Studios be born out of the basement. Yeah, for We're sure. not really in the basement. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for everything, Brent, for being here today, and we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Little Rock Block Talk, we're out.